have you got it in writing? Having casual conversations doesn't work for me. So I was promised this, yeah. I was promised that. Where is it? Yeah. It doesn't can matter. You, or you could have a conversation with your boss just to reiterate what we spoke about. Yeah. You said that on this date, if I do X, I will get a pay rise. Can you confirm this to me? Hello and welcome to Girls With Goals, the first Girls With Goals of 2020. I'm Neve Marr. Thank you so much for listening last year. I hope you've had a very good break. We're kicking straight back into things with a brilliant episode and very relevant to this time of year as well. A little bit later on, we're going to be joined by Michelle Maroney. She's a health and wellness coach and owner of the Cliffs of Moher Retreat. She's also the author of a new book that's out. It's called The Life Audit, which is a workbook that promises to bring about a healthier and happier you. But first, we're talking talking about careers. So I want to introduce Susan Keating to you. Susan is a HR director with Teneo Ireland, as well as a senior career coach with Clearview Coaching Group. Susan, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you, Niamh. Um, I suppose we're going to talk about careers and we've never actually had a career coach on the show before. Okay. So a little bit later on as well, we've put out a call for people to, to kind of send in their own career questions. So we have a lot of questions that we're going to be answering later on. But first, before we get into the nitty gritty of career coaching, can you tell me a little bit about how you found yourself in that profession in the first place? Okay, um, I had my children very young. I had my first at 22 and uh, I had three by the time I was 26. So I kind of was floating. Um, mm. And when my children were young, I went back to college, did my BA, um, loved it. And my husband had his own business. So I kind of floated into his business and we had what we call a lifestyle business. And it suited us really well because of the children being so young and it got us through lots of years and it was excellent. However, the recession hit yeah. and to say we were hit with a ton of bricks is an understatement. Um, we literally had to start from ground zero. So our goal was to make sure that our business, we we worked out how our business was going to exit this situation. So we worked really, really hard and eventually we were bought over by another company. Mm -hmm. So that was a shock to the system in itself, you know, because I had been my own boss for years, made up on my own decisions, you know, I didn't, didn't even you know, question my behaviour in the workplace, you know, and that's how it was. But the minute I went into this environment, it was a shock, as I said, to the system. So I decided then that I really needed to have a look at my own career, my own direction. And during that time, there were an excellent company called Miller Brown, and they actually paid for me to go back to college, do my CIPD course, because what they asked me to do was come in and set up the HR function there in this company. And the minute I sat in college at that course, the first course, it just, I loved it. I absolutely loved it every single topic. Um, so I really said, yeah, this is something that I could I could work with. Mm. So from that then I said, okay, where I, we had moved to was, oh gosh, it was miles away. I live in Clintarf. It was over, uh, all the way over in um, uh, Dell. You know where Dell is on... Um, I'm not sure. I'm out in Port Marnock now. So you're Port Marnock. But it's a two hour commute either way. Oh. So I just thought this can't happen. Yeah. So I need a direction and I went to Jane Downs, who is the founder of Clearview, Clearview Coaching. Coaching. Yeah. And to say it was life-changing is an understatement, genuinely. It just got me thinking about what I needed to do for myself and my life to really get direction and take control of it. So I went on to do um, coaching myself because I was so impressed with the whole scenario. Again, absolutely loved it. So I did my um, coaching courses, went back to Jane and said, that was really wonderful. And she said, would you like to come and join us? Yeah. And that's literally where it started. I mm. joined Jane then as an associate um, coach. Amazing. Yeah. So you went there first yes. to kind of just 
be coached essentially yes. and then it turned into a career for yourself as well absolutely can you tell me the difference between because I think people get confused by this so the difference between uh, say career guidance yeah. and a career coach yes it's a, there is a fundamental difference a career guidance counsellor would be somebody you know when you leave college mm. that tells you where all the courses are gives you an idea might do some psychometric testing that sort of thing but they're there in a mentoring capacity saying you'll be good at this or you'll be good at that a coach is somebody who, if you think about it, you know, if you're playing basketball, you're on the court, mm. you're the player, you're the supremo there. And the coach is in the background, just giving you direction, asking questions really, really deep down, you know, how could we do that better? So with career coaching, you have all the answers within and our job is to elicit those answers. Right. OK, that is different. Um, I suppose at this time of year, is it a fair assessment to say that people get jittery feet. I mean, like we're kind of bombarded with the whole new year, new me thing. I think that that can, you know, kind of trickle down to various different facets of your lives. But I think that January does seem to be the time that people are starting to really look at their careers and look at, you know, what they might be wanting more out of it. Um, is this the busiest time of year for you guys? Um, it's, it's busy all year, all year round, but you're right about, um, you know, over Christmas, people start to ruminate and think about things. Yes. And, you know, they start Googling things, looking at jobs that they think, oh, that'd be nice. Mm. Um, so, so yes, it is a busy time of the year and there's lots of lots of requests come in for, for assistance in that. I mean, it's pressure though as well. Do you know? I mean, I always feel like career plans is something that I've, I've read a lot about, I've heard a lot about. I know that um, it's very important, obviously, to have plans no matter what you're mm -hmm. doing. Mm -hmm. um, do you, as a coach, suggest for people to make plans about what they want out of their career the moment that you meet them? A hundred percent. So the first thing we say, like the analogies I use is you're like a leaf in the wind. Okay. If you don't have a plan, you know, whatever way the wind is blowing, you're just going to be going there. And a lot of people go fall into jobs. So, you know, you think about people, some of them go to college, pay thousands for masters mm. and then come out and go, OK, what am I going to do? And they've no direction, you yeah. know, and, and just even a two-hour session with a good career coach could make all the difference for them in the world. So it really is good just to get that, you know, sit back and say, well, what does success look like for me? Mm. What does success look like to me at this time in my life? So you talk to people about seasons in their life. So, you know, when you're young and, you know, um, a lot of people now, I'm sure you, you appreciate this, um, a lot of the young people now, it's like a rite of passage to go travelling. Yes. So out of college, they might do a year or two in workplace and then they're gone for one or two years. My own two daughters are in New Zealand working on a goat farm mm. at the moment. Um, and that that's just how it is for them. But when they get back, they want to get serious about their career. Mm. You know, they want to really look at something that's going to give them a career progression over the next five to ten years. Yeah. So the different seasons, and then you look at, you know, women in the workplace who want to have children or they have a big mortgage. So it's not the same right the way through. Yeah. So you look at your career plan and, you know, kind of plan for the changes that are going to happen in your life. Yeah. There's a great book by um, Harvard um, University professor uh, Linda Grattan. It's called The Hundred Year Life. Mm -hmm. And really what that is showing us that, um, you know, we're going to be living longer. Like yeah. You guys are going to be living longer. You're going to be working possibly until you're 80. Mm. So it's a marathon. Oh, that's it's exhausting. And that's exactly the response you get. I'm knackered. It won't be exhausting <laughs> if we really adopt what I believe, you know, in Holland, they're doing a three-day week. So men and women do three-day week. Yeah. So they share the children, uh, the minding of the children. It, that's just their norm over there. Yeah. So you could work until you're 80, A, if you're doing what you love, and B, if you're not burnt out. Yes. 
you know, so it's it's that planning, that vision of what is good for you in your life is really important. And that's what a career coach does. And I think as well, like the kind of days of people working until they're 65 in that one industry and then they go into retirement and and it's all the same. That's very rare now. I mean, people are moving through their careers so differently. But I mean, it it wasn't that long ago that that was the case, that people would stay in the same job for their entire careers. I mean, as a career coach, are you seeing a massive difference in the work ethic of people nowadays that are out there? Well, there's two things. Uh, One is it's we have a global economy now. So you know, the world is open to go and work anywhere. So if you decide, I might want to work in Dubai. You know, so it's it's a global workforce uh, that we're facing. But the second thing is we're in full employment in Ireland. Mm. I know. There are tons of options. Mm. And recruiters and LinkedIn, like people in the workplace, if their LinkedIn profile is good, are getting continuously harassed, you know, to jump. So, you know, your head is constantly getting turned. So you have options. It's a global economy. So the world is your oyster. Yeah. And that can be very, very stressful, Mm. (laughs) you know. And so what we try to do as a coach is say, well, what does success look like for you? Yeah. For me in my life, physically, where do I want to work? What sort of money do I want to earn? What career progression? Is it intense? Is it not intense? So, you know, we've lots of women who work, 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 and then decide I need to have a family. And they might go to a maybe a more corporate environment that will allow them to get the work-life balance that they need at that time in their life. Yeah. So it's not all a straight line. Definitely. I mean, it's it's ever evolving. I suppose in terms of the plan, slightly going back to it, what happens, well, for people that you've kind of encountered? I mean, people sit down and write lists and write plans. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, yeah. at this time of year in particular, it's that sure. kind of, I mean, I wouldn't be one who would normally write lists, but yeah. I feel like all I've been doing since January is writing lists. What happens when a career plan doesn't come to fruition? Like, can that be a big knock for somebody in terms of like, just say you set yourself a goal where you want to be in six months or a year or even five years, and that doesn't happen for whatever reason. Is that something that you encounter as as a coach? And like, how would you, or what advice would you give to people who are maybe, you know, all in for January, like, I'm going to make a change, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this for Mm -hmm. my career. Mm -hmm. And then something happens that will set them back and they're finding it difficult to kind of get their focus back. Sure. So in that instance, I say you you create options for yourself. It, and that's the most important thing to do. So, you know, a lot of people think that they send a CV to an organisation and they're going to get a response back. Mm. As I said, it's a really, really busy work environment out there. There are people, it's like all those planes going across the sky there. There's lots of movement in the workplace there. So as a HR director, I understand the influx of applicants we get. So even in the workplace as well, we're so busy, it can be difficult to hear people. So what I say is create options, be a demand, be really clear what it is that you're looking for. But make sure you have backup plans as well. Mm. Particularly if you're going for a particular role, you know, give yourself two or three options and then choose to say no. Yeah. And I think a lot of women particularly just, you know, they're very, they have a lot of integrity, they go for one particular role, they put their heart and soul into it. A lot of guys out there, you know, they're throwing their CVs all over the place and whatever sticks. So they're creating options for themselves where I think a lot of 
women tend to just stay in their lane and just go, well, I'm qualified for this. Mm. I'm the right person for the job. But like there's two ways to that. Yeah. You know, and it takes a lot of time and effort as well. Like I, I remember when I was uh looking for jobs back in the day when I wasn't in full-time employment, you do kind of knock out CVs yeah. to as many different yeah. companies as you can, not necessarily tailoring them yeah. for the specific role. Yeah. And then like being like, why didn't they get back to me? Bespoke CV is absolutely critical. So again, we're in a world of applicant tracking systems, so your CV might go into an automatic system. And, uh, you know, if you haven't got the key skills that match that, you don't go up that search engine, you don't even get called. Wow, so there are times when it's not even in front of... Not even, yeah. Human eyes. Absolutely. Oh, very often yeah. in the big organisations. And that's just a reality. Yeah. And it's something we have to play the game with. And, you know, designing your career isn't just putting CVs out. It is stepping right back back to that question, what does success look like? And then having the actual key things. I always say to people, Sometimes it's not about what you're doing, it's who you're doing it with. Yeah. So the culture of the business that you're going or working within is absolutely critical. Mm. And there are questions sometimes we forget to ask ourselves. Does that business, business align with my values? Yeah. You know, so, so these are all the deep personal questions that you ask yourself before you go to market. And in terms of, you know, going to market and kind of planning for a career change, yeah. Um, I suppose one of the sayings that's always knocked about is, you know, you should never go into another job unless you have one already in the back. Well, that's what my mother always told me that. I've heard that a lot. Like, don't don't move from a job unless you already have one lined up. Would you agree with that? Or would you say that at times it might be a better scenario to just take the leap and actually leave the career that you're in in order to completely focus and then your job would essentially be finding that perfect job? The answer You're like, is, no. Uh, the answer is that it depends. Yeah. You know, we're very pragmatic. I'm very pragmatic. I come from a commercial background. So, yeah. you know, we have to keep the wheels on the road. Absolutely. We have to pay our mortgage and we can't take big mad risks with our career. Um, looking for the right job does take time, but it is doable. I mean, mm. there are people out there who work during the day and do masters at night. Mm. It is doable. Um, it's about having that good project management approach to it. So everything I say is project management. So if you're looking at particular different industries, so what are the three industries you're looking at? Put down eight companies that you've researched, that you would like the culture, that you would like to work within, just in a really systematic way. Yeah. Then go through them. And then the most important thing in Ireland is who do I know in that company? Yeah. It's not what, we, you know, it's, it's who we know. And when I talk about, again, my other side, you know, as a HR director with the applicants coming in, sometimes you can't see the wood for the trees with so many applicants. And if somebody walked up to me and said, here's a friend of mine, she's really good. Mm. Guess what? You're going to get to the top of the pile because you have that referral already. Yeah. So referrals are really important. Absolutely. So if you're looking at any sort of career change or anything like that, referrals are absolutely key. How important is it for people to be in the right career when it comes to everything outside of that. We talk a lot on this show about kind of work-life balance. We frequently have women on the couch who are doing incredible things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they say how exhausted they are. And like, yeah. you know, it's all about that work. And we, we only have this kind of window that we can like, you know, make everything happen. Do you find that when people are in the wrong career that it really, really impacts them in terms of, everything else that's going on in their life. Do you see that a lot? With our coaching, funny enough, we don't talk about what they do. Yeah. Most people come to us because of the environment they're in. Really? My boss, 
you know. So it's more the cultural it's thing. It's 100%. That's you know, it's so often, yeah. um, you, you know, again, back to my daughter, one of the girl, she did a business degree, she said, I, I, I don't know what to do. I said to her, look, it doesn't matter what you do, just go learn how to be, work in an office environment. Yeah. But the most important thing is find an environment where they have that, you know, it's called strengths-based coaching approach, mm -hmm. where they nurture you, you know, they help you with your learning and development. They're, they're serious about you as an individual. And somewhere where you have a good mentor and a good boss. And mm. that is just gold. But do, do you think Ireland has that in a lot of companies? There are a lot of them now. that are. It's okay. really competitive out there now. Yeah. So all the big organisations understand that if they don't take you know, employee well-being yeah. and employee career progression seriously, they're going to lose their people. Because I do feel like maybe it's something to do with just being Irish. Because I know when I was starting <coughs> out my career, you know, it was a long time ago and, you know, I was unpaid for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. You know, that's changed now, thankfully. Mm -hmm. Any internships and stuff like that mm -hmm. are paid. Um, but, you know, I kind of, I suppose I did things just to make sure that I was getting somewhere in my career, not necessarily thinking about me as an entity. And I feel like sometimes, you know, a, a few questions came in about those hard conversations that you have to yeah. have. Sometimes as individuals, it's tough yeah. to almost ask something like that because the fear may be that, well, you know, there's 25 people that are waiting outside the door that could come in and take your position straight away. That was the fear that I had starting out as a young journalist. Anyway, it has changed now. Sure. I know that. Um, but do you think that people are kind of standing up for themselves 100%. at the moment? Again, back to not generalizing, but a lot of women. I mean, I work with lots yeah. of fabulous young women. They're so talented. And they honestly believe that if they sit in the corner and work really, really hard, they're going to be noticed. Yeah. You know, and that they're going to get a tip in the shoulder to say, here's extra money or here's... It doesn't work like It just that. never works It like doesn't. That. Yeah. So, you know, your brand, your personal brand in the workplace is absolutely crucial. I call it your public relations. Yeah. So, you know, it's like if you're in sales and marketing, you understand what your brand is. Who is it that you want to place the product, you, the product with in the workplace? Who are the people who are influential in the workplace? Yeah. So getting a mentor is absolutely brilliant for any young woman who wants to, you know, progress in her career just to give that you know balanced approach and um, self-awareness is a huge huge thing you know even saying to one of your colleagues you know how would you describe me in three words yeah you know it's hidden from your view who you're being is hidden from your view very often yeah. and you know being self-aware is, is a massive um, you know assistance for you in, in progressing through your career yeah I mean you said they're <clears throat> kind of personal brands it's so interesting yeah. because obviously social media is massive yeah. now and mm -hmm. um, like I say, that, as if it's a new thing, it's yeah. massive. But when people are looking at kind of themselves yeah. in terms of if you're putting yourself forward yeah. mm -hmm. for a new job mm -hmm. or if you're looking to move into a new company mm -hmm. um, and you've got your LinkedIn profile and yeah. that's very much like yeah. business and work focused and stuff, are the employers going straight to your Instagram account? Like how important is the brand that you have online in uh, general? It depends on the industry. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, if you're in media, this kind of thing, absolutely, yeah. that's where that's Straight where you away. reside. Yeah. But if you're going into a pharma or IT, yeah. it's your LinkedIn profile. Should people be cautious though about the the social media? One hundred percent. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Absolutely. In general, when it comes yeah. to like, I mean, I you know, even with young people, sometimes you know, for looking, I might have a little look at their Facebook. Yeah. Just to see what's going on in the would world. Would you really? Yeah, I would. Yeah, of course. Yeah, particularly if we're at a stage where we're looking to make an offer. Yeah. Yeah, we would absolutely. And I suppose, kind of going back to the the coaching that you provide mm -hmm. to people what what what's the kind of like what happens for example if I was coming into okay. you and I was saying right help essentially like no what way. what would you 
do? What is the layout? Okay, so we have a very, very well thought out format. Okay, okay. so particularly if people are, I don't know what I want. That's the first thing, yeah. you know, I'm not happy and I don't know what I want. The first thing is I look to say to people, don't look to move away from something. You want to move towards something. Yeah. So that's about your career planning. So having a vision or a plan for what the, what the future, and they go, but I don't know what that is. And that's where we come in. So the first thing we do, we send out what we call starter documents. And that's the beginning of the process because a lot of people are in their own head yeah. or they're talking to their friends about that. But the minute you actually sit down to write out those goals or those aspirations. So we ask two key fundamental questions. What does success look like for you? What um, And what do you expect from coaching? Mm. So it gets them to start thinking about it for themselves before they arrive. The other thing we'll ask them to do is do a Myers-Briggs personality test. Oh. Yeah, so that's all about the self-awareness piece. Okay. Some people are really taken aback. By the answers. Oh, yeah. Mm. And remember, you're answering it about yourself. Of course. You know, but um, Myers-Briggs is online. It's free for anybody to yeah. sit down and do personality tests there yeah. as well. Gives you insights. I use it mainly as a tool to understand how quickly I can coach or what pace I can go at. Okay. So you have a high introvert or a high extrovert. Introverts don't like to be talked at, yeah. you know, so, you know, they like to mull over the, the, the questions, which right. is fair. So the other question then we ask, which is a really important one, is what are your values or what are your strengths? Okay. That's called Martin Seligman, your, your, your values. So very often people are miserable in the workplace because it doesn't align to their values. Okay. And when something doesn't align to your value, you don't even know how upsetting it is. Yeah. And it could be an ethical thing in the workplace that, that, that really upsets them. We can work all that out. You know, you don't have to move roads. Yeah. You can just become self-aware and see what's going on with yourself. That's really interesting. So it's not always about like jumping no. into another career. No, it's no. kind of self-reflection yeah. saying, who am I being in the workplace? What am I responsible for? Yeah. What is the biggest, now obviously we don't want to yeah. get too much information from you um, and your clients, but what's the biggest answer that you get when you ask the question about what success means to you? Is there one that just always yeah, comes rolling around? Oh, is it happiness or is it nope. money? Feeling valued in the Feeling workplace. Feeling valued in the workplace. It's number one. That's number one all the time? Not all the time, but in, yeah. it's, it's always in the top five. Okay. And that could be that my boss never says thank you. Mm. You know, and again, that's back to personality and self-awareness. What sort of person are you? You know, and, you know, there's not so queer as folk, as they say. So you might have a different personality to your boss. Your boss mightn't think it's necessary to say thank you, but yeah. we pay you. And, you know, so it's having those deep conversations saying, this is what works for me. Yeah. And I feel when you. Yeah. So rather than just running away, it's really good to do self-reflection. Definitely. And say, what can I control? What's within my control? Yeah. And so when you've kind of gathered all of that information yep. from these yep. clients that come into you, is the next step then you just have a better understanding of what it is that they're looking for? And then is the next step? No, we don't even go to. We, so it, it, it's a lovely iterative process in that that's the first stage. But when they come in, the first two hours with us is what we call brainstorming. Okay. It's activating mm. what their passions are. So what are the work motivators? What are their energy drains? So what's actually causing you the biggest issue at the moment? How yeah. can we put that aside there so we can free you up to move forward yeah. to make choices? Then we look at transferable skills. Then we look at, you know, and the end of those two hour sessions, what we really want to do is get a vision for the next two years. Yeah. Really activating your creative side, getting back to what did you want to do when you were 15? I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> 
Do people just ask you this stuff all the time, like because of your job? Like when Absolutely. you're out for lunch with your friends, or like, um, I was wondering if you could just do that test with me now, just to kind of all the time. Really? <laughs> <laughs> like, absolutely, just book in with Clearview Coaching yeah. Group, and uh, we can go through it. Okay. But what's really important on that is that you know, it's like a doctor. You don't you don't work on your family or friends, exactly. You know, because they still you know they still see you, and they don't actually they don't actually well a lot of friends and that they don't actually follow the process. Right. They just jump in. They you know, where somebody's coming in in yeah. a professional capacity, they actually follow the process. You yeah, know, which is good. Um, we're going to take a little break now. We will be back uh, with some common career change questions as well that we had come in for Susan. But first, Michelle Maroney is a health and wellness coach. She's written a workbook that promises a healthy and happier you. I caught up with her earlier today. So have a listen. So, Michelle Maroney, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's delighted, great to be here. delighted to have you on. Um, so, the book is called The Life Audit. It's described as a workbook for a healthier, happier you. First off, it's absolutely stunning. Like, it's lovely yeah. and it's meaty. We've got a lot to get through. <laughs> uh, tell me a little bit first about yourself and, and kind of how you came to the point of writing a book. I suppose it's a life's work. Yeah. Um, I found health and wellness in my early 20s. Okay. I was living overseas. I was actually living in Hong Kong working as an English teacher. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, I think I'd taken, you know, the fact that Ireland has such clean air for granted. Yeah. And when I was living over there and the pollution was quite strong and all the cars are diesel and I became quite aware that I didn't have a choice of the air quality, but I did have a choice of other parts of my health. Yeah. And I think I started to explore diet was probably the first big thing for me. Mm. Um, I started yoga in my early 20s and I don't think I realized that I was such a high energy person and running on a lot of stress until I did my first relaxation session in a yoga class. Yeah. And I remember the feeling I had at the end of it. And it was just this moment where I knew I needed this. Mm. And that started a journey that led me to become a yoga teacher, traveled all over the world teaching. Um, I set up my first business in 2004 called Yoga Traveler, running yoga holidays. So taking people to Thailand and Bali and Mexico and all over Europe and running these retreats together, um, bringing some of my passions together, hiking, the outdoors and yoga. And uh, it's just, I've been a student for that whole time too, always looking to find new ways to feel better and to address all the many parts of ourselves. So body, mind, self mm. or soul and uh, emotions. Yeah. So it's a long, it's been a long journey. Um, I moved back to Ireland in 2000, I'm trying to think what it was it now, 2007. Mm -hmm. Um, which was just the best thing that ever happened yeah. uh, was to come home, actually. And to kind of bring everything that you had learned as well home too. It's interesting, you said they're running on stress. And mm. I find that so interesting because I try and do yoga mm -hmm. at the odd time. I don't do it as much as I would like. But I mean, is it a case where people don't even realize that they're running on stress. I think so. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it's sort of that idea of the two sides of the same coin that, mm. and I've been there, I, I run a business, I have three boys, you know, my life is, is busy. Yeah. And I think sometimes when people come down to my retreat in Clare, they think, well, oh, it's the dream life, you know, living in the countryside. But actually I've experienced some of the most stress of my life yeah. in this idyllic country environment. 
Um, I think when we get to experience that opposite side of stress and mm. when it comes to the nervous system, I'm really passionate about stress actually, about recovery from it yeah. and relaxation and it's a big part of what's in the book as well and a massive part of what we do at the retreat. I know you haven't mentioned the retreat yet, but anyway. It's the Cliffs of we'll Moher there, retreat, yes. yes so. <laughs> it's a big part of my story. Of course. Um, but I think when people get to experience, say, a relaxation session for two hours, yeah. that's then when we feel those states, that's then when we identify the state that we were thinking was normal. Right. That sort of fight or flight, that sort of my, you know, stress situation. Yeah. And so the, the retreat that you run, um, you've been doing that for... Yep, 15 the, years, is that no, it? No, that was Yoga Traveller. Okay. Um, we opened the Cliffs of Moho Retreat in 2000, I think now the, date, the dates, uh, 2013. Okay. But we built a beautiful glass-fronted studio, which we're quite well known for. That opened in 2014. So right. that was sort of a big turning point for the business. And what kind of uh, retreats are on offer there? What is it that people are coming so to the retreats for? We're open all year. Mm -hmm. And today, for example, there's a lovely group are checking in to do yoga and hiking. Okay. So that's a specific retreat where they'll do morning. Darvala Glenn is our teacher. She's our residential teacher. And then they'll go and hike on the Cliffs of Moher. So that's that one. I do specific retreats and Darvala called Rest, Recover, Reflect that mm. are really targeted at helping people to connect into that sort of space where they can relax and learn to heal the nervous system. Um, we do yoga teacher training. Mm. We do um, regular yoga retreats as well and uh, Wim Hof Method retreats, the Iceman, oh, okay. I trained in that as well. Wow. So we run those where we bring people into ice baths and take them into the ocean. I've only done ice baths in connection with sport and it's very... It's quite a different way of doing it. Very it's, different, yeah. It's done like a ceremony. Right. So everyone supports each other and it's all about finding your breath and okay. less about... And all those benefits that you get from doing it after sport you still get, but it's a different approach. Yeah, you're I not like, like screaming and you're not like... No. Oh, how long do I have to stay in this exactly. thing? Exactly. Right, Waiting okay. for the alarm to go off. Yeah, so very, very different, I would imagine. Um, the Life Audit, the book that you've done, I love the name of it in the, in the kind of first instance because I feel like, and it's kind of why we wanted to talk to you and do this episode this week because it's January. It is the time when people are kind of reflecting more than they would normally. Um, how did you come up with, like, the name of the book in, in the first instance? Well, I like the way... It's work. Yeah. Personal development is work. You know, anyone who's employed or showing up for, you know, 35 to 40 hours a week, but we mightn't necessarily spend that long on ourselves. Yeah. And there is an element of work and it can be enjoyable, mm -hmm. but an audit is, you know, when our somebody, an external body comes in and opens up all those yeah. Hands of worms or all those drawers, and we start to inspect all of our files. Because it's usually connected with a negative, an audit. Yes. You hear of an audit, sometimes you would think of a financial audit, and sometimes yes. people would be like, "Oh shit, this is." I've been there. <laughs> this is this is <laughs> happening. Um, but you've turned it into like a, a real it's kind a of positive, positive thing because thing. it's yeah. bringing out that which is maybe ignored or forgotten and bringing it to the light of day. Yeah. I mean, I suppose in terms of in, in yoga and healing circles, we might talk about it as bringing light to our shadow side. Yeah. And it's the parts of ourselves that we don't have light on. Mm. Um, it, it also is a lot about balance. So doing a life audit is not just about, you know, in January can be a time yeah. where 
there's, you know, making resolutions. I don't really like personally like resolutions. Mm. I like intentions. Yeah. But also taking stock of what is working really well is so important. And I and the tone of the book and what I really hoped will come across is that it works on the idea that we are enough, that we have enough, that we are enough. And it's just refining and seeing where our energy is going and what might need a little bit more attention. Yeah. I mean, I think what's really interesting and what's really good about this is, you know, it's it's broken up. It is a workbook and it's it's so beautiful as well. There's there's quotes and there's beautiful imagery. There's room for notes, but it is very much laid out as a 12 month plan. So yes. I think this is one of the things as well that people struggle with when it comes to January and New Year, New Me, you said there yourself, resolutions. You know, sometimes it's all guns ho for the first few weeks. And then when it comes to February, March, or by the time the next January rolls around, we've forgotten the intentions that we had set. So this isn't about a quick fix. This isn't about, no. you know, this is what you need. If you read this book or if you go through everything, then you're done, then you're fixed. This is actually about a lifestyle change that will have longevity too. Absolutely. And and it's a journey through a year. And of course, it, January is a good time when many of us are thinking about yeah. it. And it's the beginning of a decade. So we're laden with that as well. Yeah, of course. But it's a journey through a year that could be done at any time. It's not specific for January, yeah. any, any, you know, a birthday or a, li a changing, a life-changing event, or just if somebody needs, you know, feels it's the time that they want to focus on themselves. But um, in, I trained as a health and wellness coach mm. and what was wonderful, and I felt I really knew this as well, not just learning it, is that I think we all know what we need mm. and it's different for everyone. Um, and I also sometimes feel like Irish people, we don't really like being told what to do. Yeah, <laughs> fair, got a, absolutely. We've got a great rebellious spirit. Yeah. And so the idea behind the book is that it's, a, it's very much a workbook. It's very much what a person, the reader, puts into it as well. It's yeah. not just do this, do this, and everything will be great. You yeah, know, if you do this, then everything will be wonderful. And um, and that's why it isn't just about one thing. Mm. It covers, like I said, body, mind, emotions. There's a spiritual self as well. Um, and yes, it isn't, you know, it isn't just about I have to do more. Yeah. It's also about recognizing what is really working well for me, how I am developing, yeah. what I am happy with. And, you know, writing all of that down is is wonderful. But you said it there, the, the gap, there's a big gap between knowing what we should do and doing it. Yeah. And, you know, it's becoming more recognized that the educational model alone isn't enough. You know, the pictures on the front of the cigarette boxes don't stop people who smoke from yeah. buying them. Mm -hmm. um, and being told, you know, going to a doctor, for example, and being told you have to lose weight is, you know, it might be true if it's for health purposes, but then getting it done is is challenging. And yeah. so what I wanted the book to be was an ally for somebody who was ready yeah to do this life audit, this self-reflection, self-inspection, and who wanted to actually make small but significant changes over a long period of time. Yeah, and I mean, that's key as well, I think, that the fact that it, it is a workbook. It's almost like if you're going to undertake this life audit, you almost have to commit to it, and you almost have to kind of take a little bit of responsibility yes. yourself as well, yes. which can be different to other 
self-care or self-help books whereby, you know, you'd go into a bookshop and you'd buy it and you read it and then you feel like you've achieved something but there's not necessarily a huge amount that, that you have to do. You're just reading a book. So, I mean, with this, you know, for people who are going out and who are buying it, can you bring us through some of the different things with different months and maybe pick out a couple of months that like really resonate yeah. with you. I thought because sure. I, I loved it. Like I, I literally like went through it all. Like you know the way you're never supposed to skip ahead. Yes. But I was like, oh, month three, self development, great. Well, you can. Like, there's yeah. no right or wrong way to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, there's sections. So, so it goes through a year. Yeah. Um, and there's a sections in it for explore, where it's an opportunity and and. That can be quite challenging. There's questions in there. Some of them are meant to be quite prickly and they might be challenging to answer, but that's sort of part of the audit is, oh, what are five beautiful things about me? Yeah. And that can actually be incredibly challenging for some people to actually think, yeah. you know, what are the positive things? Um, we can be very self-deprecating and hard on ourselves. And we're always kind of looking at what's wrong in our lives, yes. like constantly, yes. as in, especially around this time of year, especially when people are trying to better themselves, a large part of it, although maybe we, we might not see it, it is kind of negative because we're yes. like, okay, well, resolutions in itself are things that yeah. we're trying to do that we're not doing I'm good not enough. enough. Yeah. And I'm not going to be good enough until I get up every day and do whatever it is, go for a run and do this. And it is, I mean, we're, you know, we're even just, I, I work as a yoga teacher. I mean, the intelligence of our physical body yeah. is amazing. Mm. All of us, you know, there's so much in the body image in the media and it, it's a challenging time to mm. be a person in a body. And the reality of it is, is that all of us have these most magnificent bodies and something we should be delighted about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's we do sometimes look from that kind of place of, of lack. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, and the interesting thing is that we might be people who are, you know, very compassionate and very kind. And when we're sitting with a friend, it can be really sometimes easy for us to give lovely advice or just to really see the beauty. And then it can be a very different thing to yeah. ourselves. What I loved about the book as well is that you have monthly reviews. And yes. that's, I would say, probably... Uh, perhaps more of a difficult thing for people mm -hmm. to do because just say you're going through a process of a life audit, then on a monthly basis, you know, you're, you kind of have to confront whether or not you feel like you've done, there's no right or wrong. Sure. But is that something that you practice yourself? You know, yes. like do you kind of review yourself on a monthly basis in order to kind of keep in touch with essentially practicing what you preach, you know? Absolutely, and I do. I, I journal a lot, it's okay. a big part for me and I talk about it in the book as well. Um, sometimes it can feel like the thoughts are all just swimming around in my head mm. and it, I found it a really useful process to get things out on paper, so that's been a big, big thing. Um, but yes, going, reviewing to look for the positives as well, rather than just looking at it and, okay, I didn't do this. And it's like, yeah. okay, forgiveness, that's the forgiveness piece in that chapter, by the way, that I brought up. I really like that as well. The idea that we can, you know, bring the, practice all of this on ourselves first. Yeah. Um, there's sections in there as well for inspiration. You know, right. I write a little bit about digital detox and the sections in there on food, um, exercise. Uh, there's a lot in there about rest and relaxation and the nervous system and 
how yeah. important it is. And then there's practices. But then it is that bit at the end where we actually get to kind of say, well, did I do it? Yeah. And then if we didn't, it's like, okay, well, let's start now. Let's yeah. do it again. Yeah. I loved in the introduction to the book, you say the journey we're all on is a wondrous and exciting thing. But then you go on to say that there's no instruction and a lot of outer distraction. I, I felt that was quite poignant to me because do you think that people are looking for an instruction for life? I mean, you're not alone when it comes to the wellness sphere and people writing books and, and kind of talking about it. Of course, it's it's your industry and it's what you've been trained in for however many years. And a lot of people are writing these kind of books in terms of, you know, I mean, essentially helping people, you know? Um, but if there was a quick fix and an instruction on life, do you think everybody would just snap that up and that would be it, done and dusted? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all would. I'd be signing up. Yeah. Um, what I really wanted from this, and you touched on it a bit there, is to find the power within ourselves to mm. know what we need. And it is easy to look outside of ourselves to look for something that's going to help. And, you know, many of us might feel that there's just a, you know, we're just missing something. Mm. And... There is, you know, it's a classic coaching tool in the beginning, there's a wheel of life, but it is a simple tool to look at what is working and what's not working yet, you yeah. know? So, okay, got really good network of friends and I'm really happy with my job, but not devoting enough time to my physical wellness or, mm. you know, my diet's been really poor recently, whatever it is, it's very different for any, everyone. And the idea is not to have our perfect life in all those areas, but to find balance between them. Yeah. Because... You know, not looking after our physical body might lead to, lead to pain and that will affect all the areas of our life and the ones that are working. Yeah. And I, I know myself as well, I've, and I am still a student and I don't mean to say that I'm not still out there exploring and yeah. finding new things, but I do believe that it's important that we look inside yeah. to that inner guide and that inner teacher and that, you know, placing the, the answers externally or looking for them with other people it is, it can be disempowering, Yeah. you know, and then, you know, someone else has always got the key to our wellness and our health and our happiness. And I really wanted this to be an ally on a sort of self-guided journey. Yeah. So, you know, the holidays that you can go on, I don't know if you've ever done them, like self-guided hiking, mm -hmm. where there's a company will take care of your bags and organize your hotels. Yeah. But then you actually do the walk on your own. When right. you get there, your bag's there and, yeah. you know, your map for the next day. And I liked the idea that this was sort of a, you know, a companion to walk on that journey, mm. but that it was a self-guided journey because it's not for anyone else to say, well, if you do this, then that's going to help you. Yeah. But the questions are all there as part of the audit to, to go inside, to look at all of those parts of our lives. And it, it takes courage to, to go there to some of those places. Mm -hmm. And those questions are designed to just give us the space to think about some of these things that we might never have actually sat down. Like, what are my core values? Yeah. You know, what are my core values? And there might be 20 of them, but maybe there are three. You know, maybe honesty is one that's just really important to me and integrity. You know, there's, there's so many. Yeah. And knowing this about ourselves is really wonderful. It's wonderful because yeah. then we can know then that if what, what, what we're doing in our life, does it line up with our values? Does it line up with what I believe in? Yeah. And we're all so different. And do you think that, you know, people say who are embarking on a, a journey, essentially, um, or who choose to kind of do an audit, do you think that, you know, people who say have 
wavered from their core values, can they come back around? Oh, absolutely. Is this like something that would help them in order to absolutely. do that? Absolutely, because yeah. that is, that's life, isn't it? so centered and I've interviewed a lot of people and I can guess a, a feeling when people are just, you know, centered and very calm and know exactly who they are and you, you radiate that and I can tell that. But it's hard Thanks. for some people who are maybe not, you know, in the industry that you're in, who, who aren't a coach, who don't know as much about this kind of stuff. There's also a lot of pressure coming in from social media. So much pressure. In, in the wellness realm as well. And Especially so in the much wellness realm. Information. I mean, do you engage in, in that kind of thing or I have um I have restrictions on my phone. Okay. I'm allowed I've allowed myself fifteen minutes of social media a day. Fifteen and, minutes. And if I want to do more I have to click that, you know, I have an iPhone, I have to click fifteen more minutes. Remind me in fifteen minutes. Just because wow. I, I know I didn't I'm even know also, that was a thing. I know. I'm also and I and it turns off all my apps except for maybe my alarm and yeah anything else, my, my Sonos music player, whatever it is yeah. that I want access to, it turns off between 10 and after 10 and before 10. So I can't access anything. Um, and I've written about digital detox because yeah. that is extra pressure mm. and extra stress. And, you know, if we're lying in bed or at home on the couch, that's the place where we relax and heal. And then if we're looking at often distressing things too, yeah. as well as, you know, that which might just bring stuff up for us. Um, it's not relaxing then. So our safe place becomes a not safe place. Definitely. Yeah. But, um, you know, and you said there about yes, and thank you very much. There are lovely things for you to say, but I do believe that, you know, it's important that I'm doing this work too. And, but li life is, you know, I often think balance is about coming back to the center. It mm. isn't just being in the perfect life all the time and everything's great all the time. That's not the reality of life. Mm. You know, even when things are good, before the big things that happen and the hard things and the challenging things in life, you know, there's still a lot of stresses and even just as women, hormonally, we're yeah. in a completely different landscape from one day to the next. So, you know, the, the Compassionate Life section I wrote is very much about, and there's a section in there on self-love is that, you know, forgiveness part and not to be our worst, in, our inner critic can be tuned yeah. to quite negative even if we're lovely, kind, generous people. And I discovered that about myself mm. when I started to examine it. What is my inner critic mm. saying? And often I talk about this in some of my classes. When we're doing something physical, that's a really interesting time for somebody to observe the inner critic. Yeah. Well, whatever it is, going for a run, it might be a challenging yoga class, you know, a workout session. And it's often sometimes when we're physically challenged that we'll get a really good glimpse of what is that inner critic saying. Mm. And the reality of it is, you know, zooming out and looking in at, you know, ourselves doing something physically challenged, our, our inner critic should be like cheering us on, you know, yeah. you're doing great, look at yeah. you out there running on that road. Yeah. But sometimes we might find that actually our inner critic is just going, you're not good enough. Mm. You're not as good as you were before. You're not as good as you think you, sh you should be. You're not yeah. as good as that person or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and so the book has definitely got that holistic piece. That's what I really wanted to put across. In addition to the title, The Life Audit, which is, you know, this is a strong, yeah. this is work, is also that, you know, five minutes is great. You know, five minutes of work a week is yeah. just still a benefit. And, you know, things happen in life that will throw us off kilter. Um, but it's the little practices that help us to come back to center. Yeah. It's the little things that make a difference, not the great big thing that I did once for two weeks or whatever it was, but the little regular 
practices are what bring us back when yeah. times get hard. The five minutes is interesting because that five minutes is probably always, and I get, like beat myself up sometimes about, you know, not working out and stuff like that. But even, you know, the five minutes is probably more work than you would have done Absolutely. A, a week ago. So take that as a little victory and then move that on. And feel good about it. Yeah. And I think the brain also learns then that, oh, it makes a difference, I'll just do five. And often we want to do more than five, that's the truth, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. There's a lovely quote in there that, there's some quotes in there from writers that I've borrowed to put in that um, yeah, I, that have been really inspirational to me. And one of them is, you know, a year from now, you may have wished you started today. Yeah. Even if it was just a little bit. Time, time goes by. It's going mm. by anyway. Yeah. And it's going by quickly. And just to take a little bit of time for ourselves in all of those areas, yeah. you know, that's what I, you know, my um, book, my bookshelf at home is literally covered in, you know, the biggest volumes of cookbooks and self-help books and yoga books and meditation and, you know, yeah. everything. And I've, I'm always learning and trying new things. Yeah. Um, but what I liked about this was that it would kind of condense and just kind of simplify, you know, a lot of what's you know, there are entire volumes written on diet and yeah. entire volumes written on meditation. Huge and amount of information, yeah. Yes, and so, mm. and you said it there when you talked about the wellness industry, there's a lot of information and it yeah. is conflicting. So mm. that's why the workbook style is nice because it's not just do this, yeah. you know, it's like what will work for you? Definitely. Here's some ideas, here's some inspirations. What will work for you? What will empower you, the reader, to find what, what works for you because it's different for everyone. Absolutely. You and like to work out, I like to do yoga, but yeah. you know, they both have the same. And suitable for people who say maybe haven't dipped their toe too much into the world of wellness and, and that kind of thing as well. Yes. Like it is, I love that you called it an ally, ally. I think that that's an incredible way to kind of put it. So there's hope for us all basically <laughs> is, is what you're saying with this. Um, the Life Audit is available now. It's yes. out. So published by Gillbox and available in bookstores and online as well. Yes. Amazing. Michelle um, Moroni, thank it's you. It's uh, available on Eason's online Eason's. and also in the bookshops today. Yep. Incredible. Well, congratulations. It's a fantastic book. I'm excited. You're not getting this one back. Yes. Will you let so, me know um, what you think of it? I will, of course. I'm going to stick to it. And uh, I really appreciate you coming in. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much. Okay, we are back. That was Michelle Moroni there. Uh, incredible stuff. So we're, we're still here with Susan. We're talking about careers. So we had a lot of questions uh, come in from listeners about career things. I mean, I'm, pre I'm presuming that you're going to absolutely nail them all. Like just a precursor, you're not a guidance counsellor again. So there's, there might be a few questions where yeah. it's a little bit separate to, to the work that you do. Mm -hmm. But just before we get into that, I suppose one of the things I wanted to ask in terms of uh, people who want to make that jump into a different career. Mm -hmm. Do you see any kind of telltale signs that people are ready to make that decision in their careers, if you know what I mean? I mean, you talked about feeling valued and, and people having a, a sense of self-awareness. Mm -hmm. Do you see it in people when they're just at the wall and you know that like this, you have to go? Like, are there any telltale signs if people are unsure of whether or not a career change is right for them? Their physical being is the most important thing. You have right. to listen to your body. You yeah. have to. You know, um, I had a lovely young man in the other day 
And he said he actually had got to the stage where he couldn't speak anymore. He was so stressed out. He was in sales and he knew that sales was not for him. Yeah. But like he still has to pay his mortgage, you know. So um, absolutely, you listen to your body. If you're, if you're, you know, unwell, you're not sleeping. Like even though we're career coaches, we start off with the wheel of life. And the yeah. wheel of life, one of the most fundamental questions I'll ask somebody is, how well are you sleeping? On yeah. a scale of one to ten, how well are you sleeping? And if it's not six to seven, we need to make some sort of move there. Right. You know, not specifically on your career, it could be other things that are causing this, but I think your body is a really good indicator that 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 you need to start moving on. Yeah, it's so crucial. It all goes yeah. hand in hand sure. as well. I mean, like we're in work however many hours You've of the day. Enjoy it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um okay, so a few questions that came in. We're gonna keep these anonymous to protect employees and employers as well. Um so first one I'm currently in the job market and recently had an interview for a position I really wanted. I didn't end up getting it and the feedback was pretty harsh. My confidence has been knocked and I don't feel like even applying for other positions now. That's tough. That's tough. The feedback was harsh. Uh, who is that? I mean, <laughs> you, know. you know, again, like we, yeah. don't, we don't know. But the thing yeah. is, is in terms of, I think feedback, just say you don't get a position. Yeah. Feedback is really important. Yes. And I think it's nice when companies offer it because yeah. they don't have to as well, don't they yeah. not? But I mean, we don't know what the specific feedback was, but presumably it, it might have been something along the lines of you're completely wrong for the job or something like that. Yeah. Um, but confidence, like a massive issue when it comes Huge. to, you know, you've, you've put the CVs out there, you've gotten an interview, yeah. and then it's kind of up to you in the room. And that's tough. It is. And you know, we are career coaches. I would nearly always say to somebody, if you're going for a dream job, invest in interview skills. Yeah. You don't know who you're being at the interview. Um, and I agree, getting harsh, I would never get harsh feedback. I mean, I would never destroy somebody's confidence like that. Yeah. And then you have to ask yourself, did I really want to be in a company that did that? You that's, know? A, that's a good, I think that's a good thing to take away from yeah, something like seriously. that. Seriously. Would you want to work in an environment like that? Absolutely. And so there are many more opportunities out there. Get back on the horse. And again, stop making, stop adding meaning to things. Stop interpreting things that may not even be there as well. Yeah. Just say next. Yep. Thank you. Next. I'm considering a career change. Should I tell my current employers? That's no. a good one. <laughs> no. 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 People, people do that, though. They yeah, do. they do. But it depends how long you've been in the organisation. Um, I would I would tee up my ducks before I would start, you know, again, while you're in the workplace, even if you are happy in your role, it's OK to be looking. It's OK to understand what your market value is. Yeah. It's OK what, you're, you know, again, creating those options for yourself. But be ready to actually activate that if you're going to say, I'm thinking of a career change. Yeah. You know, in case, you know, there can be, even in smaller organisations, some CEOs, it's like you're leaving them. You know, you're not leaving the workplace. Yeah. So know your audience. Know your audience, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I find it tough to gel with my co-workers. I know work is work, but it's a clicky office and I frequently feel quite left out. I love my career, so any advice? Yeah, be open and honest. Have a conversation with one of the people there and say, look, this is how I feel. Who ah, am I being? Is there anything I can do? I don't know if I'd be able to do that. That's a tough conversation to have. Well, do that or, or just stay in yeah, the position you're in. I suppose. You know, or leave work. And, you know, it's really good to have open, honest conversations. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things, though, like we were talking about in the first section of the show, um, cultures and yeah. kind of understanding it. And, yeah. like, you are with these people for however many hours yeah. in a day, eight, nine, 10, however, yeah. uh, and 
aside from the fact that you're all doing a job, they're not people that you're choosing to, sure. to hang out with sure. every single moment of the day. I think that's maybe something to remember as well. Like you don't have to be friends with no, everybody. Absolutely not. But if, if you feel you'd like to be, it's, yeah. it's, it's just, you know, have, you know, people are really kind. Yeah. You know, they're not going to, you know, be nasty back to you if you say, look, I'm feeling a little bit out in the cold here. Is there anything I can be doing? Yeah. So you're, you're bringing it back to yourself. It's like, do you feel that I, you know, and I think those honest conversations are really good for, again, that self-awareness piece. Self-awareness, yeah. absolutely. Um, later in life, how difficult is it really to entirely change industries? Okay, that's a good question. So yeah. I was 44 mm. when I entirely changed industry. Yeah. I went from the IT industry into um, the PR industry. Right, okay. And it can happen. Yeah. Uh, it's absolutely clear. I mean, sometimes, again, it depends on your CV. And I find a lot of people who are, you know, maybe in their 50s are saying, I have 28 years experience. Like a young HR person reading that thinks you're your grandmother, mm. you know. So you just focus on what you can bring to the job in terms of your experience. So it's entirely possible to do that. And were you nervous before you, you did that or did you feel like you were gonna succeed? I was, you know, and again, people can say little things that can really knock you for six. Mm. I remember the time when my husband needed to, you know, really reinvent himself. And at that time, somebody said, oh God, nobody's hiring people over 50. And he took that as being the truth. Oh. And again, he went to a career coach and he kept, all he came away with was confidence. Yeah. So there's lots of people who move and change. Absolutely. Lots of people. And the experience that they can bring is huge, but they have to be open to learn as well. Yeah. I feel like things like that as well uh, can just be these rumours that yeah. kind of circulate. They're not the truth. They're not, they're not the truth. No. Of course people are hiring yeah. over 50-year-olds. Absolutely. Um, that was a good question. Thank you so much for that. Um, I've got another one in. How should you approach your manager Oh, this is a good one. How should you approach your manager if you've been repeatedly promised a raise but haven't been given one? Uh, and then another part of that question, like an addendum, was how do you go about having the awkward money conversation in general? Okay. Someone's thinking about finances okay. with this one. There's one key thing that jumps out every single time I hear a question like that. Have you got it in writing? Having casual conversations doesn't work for me. So I was promised this, yeah. I was promised that. Where is it? Yeah. It doesn't can matter. You, or you could have a conversation with your boss just to reiterate what we spoke about. Yeah. You said that on this date, if I do X, I will get a pay rise. Can you confirm this to me? Be in control of your own destiny. Gotta be clerical. Like, Gotta you be, really you know, the to. conversations, you know, bosses come and go. They're only human as well. They think it'd be great that you could give your pay rise and they go to the finance and they go, no, you can't. So you have to be clear in your boundaries when you're having these conversations. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a really good point because if people say it to you and they promise it to yeah. you, like a lot of people would take that as yeah, face value, but you know, whatever happens in a company, and there's yeah. a lot that goes on in sure. companies that sometimes people yeah. at different stages don't understand what's Absolutely. going on. And it's not, usually it's not the case yeah. that that manager is yeah running away from you yeah. in order to avoid you, although I, I have heard that that happens too. Yeah. But, you know, you can't take it just as a yeah. conversation. It's clarity of communication. Yeah. So, you know, how you heard it and how it was said could be two different things. So you just, can I just clarify what we spoke about? Yeah. And a little email is all that you need to do.
Yeah, get that in writing. Yes. And then the other part of that question, I suppose, is the awkward money uh, situation in general, the awkward money conversation, as this person puts it. Um, I'm presuming that's kind of all-encompassing. I suppose that's to do with uh, salary increases or, you know, knowing your worth and asking for a salary if you're moving mm -hmm. to a different career. Uh, I think we did, we did a piece on site there probably like last year, a good while ago, talking about how that money conversation is the one conversation that women in particular mm -hmm. find the most uncomfortable yeah. and the most awkward yeah. to have. I don't yeah. know the science behind yeah. why that is yeah. so much worse for women than it is men, but it is. Yeah. I, I agree. And I'd say to women, come on, get over it, girls. Yeah. Okay, be a demand for yourself, the value that you bring. It's uh, back to what I said, you know, sitting in the corner, working really hard doesn't mean that you're going to get that pay rise. You have mm. to build up to it. You have to start with, if I exceed expectations this year, mm. can I get X? Yeah. So you have to set those expectations. And sometimes, you know, you expect your boss to set those expectations. Sometimes you have to help your boss to do that. Yeah. Sometimes your boss doesn't know what that is. So you say, if I did X and Y, can I get? And it's, again, you controlling your destiny, your workplace. Yeah. So like people say, but I work really hard. That's expected. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everybody works hard. Everybody works hard. Yeah. I'm loyal. That's expected. It's that extra that you bring to the table. So what you're going to achieve. What so you're going to achieve, yeah. absolutely. So come in and go, I worked really hard last year. Can I have X? That doesn't work. No. It's next year, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. If I do that, can you make sure yeah. that I get the value? And sometimes I feel, and I'm not knocking anybody who's like struggling with that, but sometimes I feel like there is an expectation, yeah. whether you've been at a company for a certain amount yeah. of time or whether people that you know are in different industries who are the same age yeah. are making this amount and this amount and yeah. this amount. Like, I one of the things that I'm always proud about is I've never compared myself Absolutely. to other people sure. because there's yeah. zero point sure. in comparing yourself yeah. to other people because then you'll you'll start to sound a little bit silly by saying, well, she got that or he got that or all Absolutely. this kind of stuff. There's, yeah. there's no point. Really. It's based on merit. But the other side of it is, I think sometimes people go into these conversations forgetting what the full package is. Mm. So money mightn't be the key issue. It might be flexibility. Mm. It might be a four-day week. It might be more holidays. It might be um, a pension. So there are lots of things. And very often, you know, eating bread is soon forgotten. Okay, I'm, I hate your hat on. Yeah. Um, you know, that there are other really good benefits there that make up an overall package. So when you're going in to talk about any of that, but just know your own package. Yeah. You know, know what your, is there a bonus uh, in place? So, you know, could you, if I performed this and brought X amount, could I get a bonus? Yeah. So you, you like a little mini entrepreneur. It's called entrepreneurship. So everybody has to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And they're running their own little mini business. And also I'm presuming, you know, don't demand anything. Absolutely. Make sure make sure everything is professional. Professional yeah. and yeah. in an email. Yeah. And don't yeah. run into an office and go, You said this to me time six weeks place. ago when we were in a yeah. balcony drinking absolutely. champagne. Absolutely. Time and pace yeah. is absolutely key. And I would say if you're having any conversation with any a superior or anything like that, just say, look, can we have a 15-minute conversation and make sure it's in a proper office, away from distraction, mm. and say to them what it is beforehand. Say, look, I want to have a talk with you about my package yeah. so you don't ambush them. There's right. nothing worse than being ambushed. Yeah. And these are the three things I'd like to talk about. Yeah. And allow them time to prepare as well. So it's, it's a professional two-way two -way approach. Yeah, great advice. Amazing. I hope that helped uh, the money question there. Um, another one that came in, 
If I only stay at a job for three months, does that look bad on my CV? This is an interesting question because it kind of goes back to the fact that we have seasons mm -hmm. in our careers mm -hmm. and a lot of people are changing. Mm -hmm. I remember there was a point in my career where I was changing company when I was very young, probably once every six months, I was mm -hmm. moving to a different station. Mm -hmm. And then I was with the company for six years mm -hmm. and now I've been with the company for almost three years. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's uh, people's CVs, it, it does change. But do employers, I suppose, maybe going a little bit more hate your hat mm -hmm. here, mm -hmm. do they look at the time that you've spent with a company and it, does it raise any red flags or? Well, just to burst everybody's bubble in terms of how a CV very often can only get 30 seconds glance. Oh. Okay, so just, just, just bear that in mind. So keep it to a page. <laughs> well, two pages max, but okay. it's your summary statement that's really powerful at the top mm. of a CV. Um, there's loads of ways. If you have three or four small little stints there, combine them. Yeah. Just say over this period, if they're contract work, under contract. Have your CV to say relevant experience. So the six years that was relevant to you, that's where you really focus. And then align on it. They just have to be that chronological CV anymore. Yeah. We're not, you know, Alan Sugar. People think they're going to be, you know, investigated. Where were you for that month in June in 2015? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Nobody people have, people have the time cares. for that stuff. <laughs> Nobody cares. You know, and having reason for leaving, like yeah. for travel, but the statement at the top, you know, now looking to, you know, uh, progress my career over the next five to ten years in a progressive business. Yeah. You know, you're stating I'm now serious about it. It's so funny <laughs> that you said that because I feel like some people and I've been guilty of it in the past. Like it's like secondary school. Oh, yeah. what's, I got like a I got a A2 in my yeah. junior yeah, search geography. We don't care. Yeah. <laughs> we don't care. Honestly, people yeah. don't care that much at yeah. all about that. There's one little thing as well. It's only personal bugbear is is people with their graduation photos in their LinkedIn profile. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> I don't Please. have that. I don't have that. I'm glad. I have a very nice headshot from a few years back. Absolutely. Um, but their graduation, as yeah. in like their... I well, you know, they've worked really hard. They've done a master's and that's all relevant. But like with the great respect, so have everybody else in the building. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's almost a given that you're a graduate, you yeah. know, almost, you okay. know. And so, you know, just don't do that. So a three month job to answer this question. Yeah. It's not something that people would be like, well, she was no, only there for three not. months. But, you know, I will look and I, if somebody's jumping, you know, consistently, lot, yeah. year, for year and a half, it's, yeah. it's, it's not a good sign. Yeah. You know, it, it's it, A, you know, they've been asked to leave yeah. or B, they haven't got the resilience to work through what they need to work through. Yeah. Now, see, that's a crucial yeah. point as well, yeah. because when I was moving around, I was very young and I was trying to find it. That's absolutely fine. And then when I got it, so I always thought that was kind of OK. That's but perfect. I do remember <laughs> I was like, I'm running out of radio stations in Dublin. I was like, I'm going to need that contract. Yeah. And that was the thing. It was just finding yeah. that permanent contract. Yeah. Uh, which, but they want you know, permanent contracts. That's contract work. And, yeah. you know, it's perfectly acceptable for people to have, you know, four different contract roles. Yeah. But I, would, I put them all under one banner, say contract roles yeah. and then below. Definitely. Um, okay, we have time for maybe one more question. So uh, somebody wrote in on my Instagram account because I put this up on mine as well. And uh, she said, I, I have an offer for another job. I like my job, but I really want to be self-employed, but I'm afraid to take the leap any advice. So uh, that's what, three things. Isn't I it? know. So what <laughs> I kind of read from that, because it caught my eye, yeah. what I read from it is that she's in a job, she has an offer for another job, yeah. but she actually wants to be self-employed okay. and not work in any of them. I think okay. that's what she was getting at. Okay. But she's afraid to take yeah. the leap to become self-employed. Yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting one it because 
I've again like on this show we've, we have a lot of women on who are self-employed yeah. and it's never been something that I have envisioned myself being able to do because mm -hmm. I feel like yeah. I think it's one of those things that you're either meant to own a business or you're not meant to own a business. And okay. I've never really wanted to own my own business. Mm -hmm. Not saying that won't change in the future, yep. but a massive undertaking that I would sure. be terrified of doing at sure. the moment anyway sure. in my career. There's, you know, I, I run my own business. Yeah. I've set up my own business. Um, so I understand the two sides of it. I would always say to somebody, if I'm coaching them at the time, do it slowly, yeah. okay? You know, is there a possibility, and particularly in this industry, I've coached lots of people in, in, in you know, the, the media business, um, is there any possibility you can go down to a four-day week? Yeah. And then on the, on the fifth day, on the Friday or on the Monday, start building up that little business. Start mm. getting your, you know, and see if it really is for you. The other thing I would always say to somebody who wants to start their own business, Enterprise Ireland have a fantastic start your own business course. Yeah. It's, I think, on a Tuesday evening and you get to see the marketing side, the account side, and it gives you a real insight what yeah. actually running a business is. So, you know, I would always say, get your plan in place, understand your financials. Yeah. That's key. I mean, I was coaching some lady who wanted to set up a um, muffin business. Mm. When we worked on the margin for each muffin, sure, she'd feed herself for 15 minutes. You know, so you have, you have to be realistic Work around. Work yeah. <laughs> Work Just do your the, business do plan. Yeah. We do that coaching as well. We do yeah. start your own business coaching as right, well. Okay. And really put you through the ringer in terms of what is realistic here. Yeah, making sure yeah. that you can do it. Because that's the thing. It, that's... That's almost more scary than moving from one career to it another is. because, you know, you become yeah. a HR department, finance department, every, like you're everything. And, and, you know, knowing your product and knowing the value and knowing how long it would take. And, you ha you know, starting a business is about sales. Yeah. And, you That's know, it. have you got a sales hat on? So it's a yeah. big question. I understand what she's asking. She's options here. Yeah. But if she's in her current position and if there was any possibility, she could maybe go down to a four day week, yeah. you know, and ease herself into it. Slightly on that, just before yeah. we wrap up yeah. on the kind of four day week thing. Um, I think I read a, a news report. I can't remember which country it was. Uh, an amazing country, though. Finland. Was it Finland? <laughs> it was. Yes, yes. Finland. Yes. So they're considering yes. three three day week. Yeah a three-day work week yeah. for men and women. Yeah. Now, is Ireland ever going to get to that? It's I getting there. Really? Yeah, the bigger organisations are Do really embracing it. Do you think a, th a three-day week is better than a five-day week? Depends on where you are in your life. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on how much money you need to earn. It depends on if you're in a couple situation. Yeah. All those things. And why are Finland doing it, do you think? Because health and well-being, and, and they're probably in full employment. Mm. And again, it's allowing women into the workforce. Yeah. So you, uh, it helps with child wearing it's a fantastic way and again you'll work longer yeah. so you're not going to be burnt out by the time you're 50 mm. it gives that longevity as well wow yeah I so, can't actually imagine a three-day week and then having like four days but you'd be amazed what you do with those four days and you'd be creative you'd probably mm. start designing things creating things yeah I'd probably sleep for a couple of them and well, you'd get I, over that yeah and then I'd, and then I'd get over that um yeah. Susan Keating yeah. thank you so much and just before we go yeah. if people are interested in coming and seeing you there's a website for Clearview it's Coaching it's Clearview Coaching Group and Jane Downs myself and Carmel we're the principal coaches there and we'd be delighted to hear from you incredible thank you so, thank much, you so much for coming in it's been Thanks great me. thank you